This is a moment in wine and hip hop presented to you by Jermaine Stone, aka the Wolf of Wine. Wine and hip hop, wine and music. Yo. Tell me up, bro. Check this out. Oh yeah. You'll be the life of the party. Wine and hip hop really mirrors the the conversations that we have in my office about wine and music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to another episode of Wine and Hip Hop. I am your host, Jermaine Showtime Stone, a.k.a. The Wolf of Wine, a.k.a. The Zara Vibes, a.k.a. Young Thanos. I'm just out here collecting Infinity Stones. I have my brother from another, Mr. Yannick Benjamin right here. Yannick, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Thank you for <laughs> joining a, us. What an intro. I like yeah. it. So Yannick is one of the best-renowned sommeliers in New York City. Humanitarian and all around great guy. Welcome to Wine and Hip Hop. And to be here. I know that there's a lot of wine people checking it out, but there's a lot of hip hop people as well. Mm -hmm. So um, I always find a way to introduce the hip hop crowd to my wine friends. If you had to pick your, your rap spirit animal, if there was a rapper that represented wow. who Yannick Benjamin is, who would that rapper be? You know, I have to say, um Really, one rapper that I, I just enjoyed so much was uh, Big Pun. Mm. Now, why does Big Pun describe who you are? Because I try to keep up with the songs, I couldn't do it. I mean, just like, <laughs> he was rhyming so fast. I, so if he, if I can't do it, yeah, it means that he's got this special skill set. And I think there are a lot of people who could not do it. I mean, he's just unbelievable. You know, what's that one song? Um, his famous one with uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Um, oh, remember? Deep Cover. Yeah, Deep Cover yeah. kills it in that song. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't do it. But um, the dead in the middle of Little Italy. That's right. That little did he know that? Yeah, I can't do it. Very we, good. We Very had <laughs> that was one of the picks on on an early episode. So with Tony Rock, okay, actually, so we went in and uh, we were trying to figure out what the best vintage in right. hip hop was. Right. So '98, that course. was just a great year. Yeah, man. Was so we know what's going on with the rap now. Uh, I knew you were a hip hop head because of, as you mentioned, all the uh, the hip hop right. heritage yeah. events. Right. I was actually very inspired by. Um, well, I was fortunate enough to be involved with a few of these events. Yes, and we raised a lot of money because of you. Because of your you. many talents that you brought to the city winery. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. But I noticed that it was like a, one of the first years I was there was like an all hip-hop soundtrack. Right. That is very, very unique. In that setting, it was the first time that I've right. seen that yeah. happen so well. Um, they had like women upside down pouring champagne. Oh, yeah. It was a, <laughs> it was, it was yeah. a great it was a great yeah. event. Yeah. Now what uh what inspired you to, to to do the events in that way? Well I think it's very simple. You know, my background I grew up in Midtown and I grew up in Hell's Kitchen, New York, right? right. So I grew up with a, a really a, a motley crew of different people. I mean mm -hmm. Puerto Rican, African American. I mean I was actually the minority, <laughs> right? But I mean Growing up, you, I never paid attention to it. I was just like, we were just all friends, and this is the way it was. And yeah. obviously, in the late 80s, and, you know, of course, you know, Fab Five Freddy, you know, Yo! MTV Raps, yeah. really put that on the map, too. I mean, as far as more of the mainstream kind of um, uh, culturally, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it was just normal to kind of add that element from my childhood, but also to attract a certain other demographics, another population of people that I still don't think are very much involved with wine, right. maybe because there's barriers as, as far as intimidation. Yeah. And so I think adding that layer of like, you know, hey, listen, let's we can listen to really good music and have a good glass of wine. It doesn't have to be a cello playing in the background. That's yeah. something that has energy to it. And I think hip hop offers that. 
Not mumble rap, because I don't Not like mum- mumble rap. It's okay. All right. Okay. I don't like mumble rap. All right. Now, yes, I get it. It's funny, man. I Just like I like lots of different genres of music, I feel like mumble rap falls into a different genre of hip hop. <laughs> like, 100%. You know, you got you got hard rock. Right. You got adult contemporary yeah. rap. <laughs> no, it's, its, own ca- it's its own category. Yeah. I mean, listen, I recognize how talented Drake is, but it does absolutely nothing for me. No, uh, Drake. Drake. <laughs> Drake. What's the guy who also like, you know what I'm talking about. He's got the crazy little dreads. And a and couple so of times he's, he's been asked when he goes to a radio show to like a freestyle and he like, he, he can't do it. And he's awful. It's just like terrible. <laughs> As opposed to if you, if you were to someone like, you know, B.I.G. Right, right. Yo, wherever I go, my crew is true to swarm. Got stripes in New York like Yankee uniforms. When I was born, I know I make the world darker. The age of 15, tote cats, quick to spark you like Bob Barker. If the price is right, lay your ass down for spite. Anybody, all right? Went from eating no frills, cereals with food stamps to Armani materials. Copping uh, Rembrandt. Or, you know, even Eric B. Rakim or, you know, whoever, you know, mm-hmm. Method Man. They could just do it on the spot. They could just spit anything they wanted to. I don't right. think these, that's, I guess, it what I'm saying. It can't happen. Yeah, it can't there's a thing like rapping off beat is also in right now. No, I- like- Blue face, baby. Yeah, I, I'm every woman's fantasy. Mama always told me I was gonna break hearts. I guess it's her fault. Stupid, don't be mad at me. Don't be mad at me. I wanna see you bust down. Bend that shit over on the gang. Yeah, I, make that shit clap. She threw it back, so I had to double back on the gang. You gotta, you gotta go on the YouTube video and just Google it. It's, it's like crazy. <laughs> Yannick picked the the music and the wine on this episode, which is amazing. And there's very few people in this industry that can do that well. So my hats to you. But you picked um, Jizza and the uh, Jay Z PSA. Right. And you know, I always and preparing for these episodes, I just listen to the songs on repeat. Mm-hmm. It made me think about that era and the way that rap happened. Like now. You know, there's people appreciate, I feel like, different things in rap. Of Whereas, course, of course. like, when I listen to a, a song, um, let's say, I don't know, I'll, I'll just pick one. I don't pick a song out of random. What do you mean? Just pick a song from the <laughs> mid 90s. Oh, from the mid 90s. Completely okay. random. Nas is like. Nas is oh, like. Oh, yeah, Nas Perfect is example. Nas is like, is not about anything. He's right. just like, Rapping is as as great as he can possibly rap. He's unbelievable, and it's like that was the job then. Like they wanted to just be the best rapper. Right. It's not about being the best rapper anymore. I also think too, like I, if you ever notice great stand up comedians, they have a chip on their shoulder, right? You never see like a really handsome guy as a stand up comedian, yeah. right? <laughs> not they don't have what? much to like. You know what I mean? And I think I a lot of these, like, these, like you know, the hip hop artists, you know, like yeah. he grew up in um, what's it, the Queensbridge Project yeah. over here, right? And they had a chip on their shoulder. They had stuff to talk about, right? That's and some I deep shit. You know That's what I mean? deep. I never yeah. thought about yeah. that. Interesting. All you pretty boy rappers out there, <laughs> you gotta keep working. Now, you know, we talked a little bit about um, your background as a sommelier. Yeah, I want to yeah. get into that more, but first, I just want to help everyone understand how. Uh, incredible this human being sitting wow. across from me is and I want to read exactly what um, 
what a wine enthusiast wrote about you in Onya 40 Under 40. Oh, well, thank right? you. Right? With a resume that includes stints at top restaurants like Le Cirque, Oceana, and Jean Georges, this native New Yorker refused to let a devastating accident destroy his dreams. Paralyzed from the waist down in 2003, he outfitted a wheelchair with a custom table that enables him to provide sommelier service at the university club. Mm. By the way, a very swanky. You feel Richard just walking past that place. <laughs> have you ever been inside? I've been inside you once. Should, you should check it out. I would love to have you come over. Oh, yeah, I have you to. You and Terrence have to come over. De definitely, man. And uh, you also co-founded Wheeling Forward, which yep. is a charity that helps yep. people with disabilities experience yep. Life to the fullest, yeah. a charity that I fully support as much Thank as possible. Yeah. Um, but this is just an amazing testament of human will to just to go through what you've gone through to to achieve what you've achieved and right. continue to achieve and just help people. Right. So tell me about that experience for you. Well, you know, I, again, I, I was born and raised in New York City. Both of my parents are French. And my father came here in 1963, and his first job was a dishwasher working for his brother at a restaurant that still exists on 52nd and 5th called La Grenouille. Mm. And, um, of course, three of my uncles were in the restaurant business. My cousin was a chef at Le Perigord, which is now closed. But, you know, I, by the age of 14, 15, I said, that's what I want to do. I want to be in restaurants. And, you know, I was hoping to be like, the, at the time in the 80s and 90s and 70s, it was the maitre d'. There was no sommelier. That yeah, the maitre d'. Remember that? <laughs> That's like Three's Company, Jack yeah, Tripper. Yeah. Going to, what was that restaurant? That they, the Regal Beagle. <laughs> That's right. The maitre d' at the Regal Beagle. Well, did you ever see that movie called The Pope of Greenwich Village? I've um, never seen uh, it. What's his name? Uh, that actor. Uh, no, I'm drawing a blank. Anyway, but uh, yeah. but you should check it out. But that's it's all about that. But uh, that's what I wanted to do. That's what I wanted to be. So, so but when funny. I was 18, I got a job working at the new Le Cirque at the Palace Hotel. And there, they hired a young American sommelier named Ralph Herson, who was the wine director or sommelier at Windows in the World. And then I saw this guy, and I'm like, oh, wine, he's still like kind of the man, he still has presence. I'm like, I wanna like get into this. And then probably six months later, at the age of 18 and a half, or almost 19 at this point, I was taking classes at the International Wine Center. Wow. So I was already starting quite young, and. I knew that that was what I wanted to do, and that's how it all kind of began. And then I started working at Le Cirque, and then I started jumping around because I wanted to learn different philosophies. I worked at Oceana. And then finally, unfortunately, at the age of 25, I had a car accident that happened on the West Side Highway, and that left me permanently paralyzed from the waist down. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously, it was heartbreaking, heartbreaking for the fact that I would not be able to walk again, heartbreaking because, you know, uh, your life changes, right? Yeah. Um, that whole concept of like being spontaneous, you know, like, you know, the, it's just different. Things yeah. are different. You have to plan ahead. Yeah. And then what's going to happen? I'm not going to be able to work in restaurants. Who am I? What's my identity? And that right. was really hard. So at that point, you had really imprinted restaurants as who you were and your identity. Oh, 100%. You oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I was working in restaurants already at 15. Yeah, yeah. That's 10 years. Yeah, yeah. And that's all I kind of knew, right? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, shit, now I have to stop doing this? Like, what's wow. the story? So it was pretty hard. It was definitely a, a big challenge. And, uh, but... You know, you, you overcome these challenges and the only way to overcome these challenges is, you know, you got to try to look at the glass half full. That's number one. You got to be grateful for what you have instead of focusing on things that you don't have. Right. Mm -hmm. But friends and family, you got to create, yeah. you got to create that network of friends and family. I was just going to ask because, you know, I always wanted like, because you and you, you didn't just get through it. You persevered. What was it that that drove you at that point? I think for me, um, one simple thing 
I just could not bear to accept the fact that if people were to go up to my parents, mm. my mom and my dad, and say like, you know, what's going on with your son? And they would have to respond and say like, well, you know, he's just at home, just watching TV. Mm. And instead, I wanted them to say like, I know, he's like a pain in the ass, you know, he's yeah. like traveling and he's like falling off his chair and he's being reckless and, you know, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Because they came here, you know, my dad, you know, dropped out of school at age 13. My mom was 15 when she dropped out of school, you know. Mm -hmm. It's just like technically, you know, the way things, the evolution of life, or right. you're supposed to do better than your parents, and whatever I can do. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so that that was what really kept me motivated. I wanted them to be able to be proud, and I think you know all the sacrifices they did for me, I needed to do that in return. That's awesome. But there were challenges, you know, right. because how many people are in wheelchairs, or how many people have a, a, a some kind of disability that are out and about in this industry whether in restaurants and wine you know we're it's we're a very image conscious uh, yes. industry we don't mm -hmm. talk about that a lot you know mm -hmm. and we can be somewhat judgmental at times well i mean though, you pretty fly right now <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you but you you know what i mean so i have to really overcome that i had to take two steps back i had to really hustle I, yeah. when, when i went back to work no one was hiring me you know mm -hmm. no one i was giving out my resume and i knew people already yeah but finally, I just took a job where I was working for free for like eight months. And finally, the guy was like, listen, you know, I think you've done your time. I'm going to and you, you just do it. You suck it up, you know, and you just wow. keep your mouth shut. And I did it. You know, it that's, some, that's some G shit. So did you suggest to like, yo, I'll come in here. I'll make my name. I'll do this for free. How did that? Um, you know, you, you know, it's a it's a it's a great question because, um, you know, I owe a lot of where I'm at today mm -hmm. uh, to Jean-Luc Ledoux. You know, may he rest in peace. You know, Shout he, to John Luke, right? Man. Yeah, for sure. He mm -hmm. loves hip hop too. Although yeah. punk rock was his thing. You know I know. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I spoke with Mar briefly about trying to get him on like way, like oh, way right. back in the day, yeah. man. Nah, definitely. God bless him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, you know, he's from the same village as my dad is from in north in northern France in Brittany. Oh wow! Okay. Right, and so. Um, one day I was um, having a couple of glasses of wine at uh, Crew. I'm sure you might have remembered yeah. Crew, right? You know, old mm -hmm. Robert Bors uh, spot. Yeah. And I happened to run into an old friend of his, and uh, she was like, "Yeah, he's opening up a new spot." And I'm like, "Oh, great! Well, here's my number." He called me the next day, mm -hmm. and at that time I wasn't feeling well. I had a big infect infection on my left leg, and anyway, I didn't want to pick up. I'm like, "Oh God, my luck! This guy like is calling me up for a job." Anyway, I came out of the hospital two and a half months later because I had major infections. I was dealing with a lot wow. of crap. So anyway, one day I rolled up to the store and I said, hey, Jean-Luc. And he's like, hey, man, what happened? I never heard from you. And I thought he was going to like be mad at me. But yeah. quite the opposite. He's like, listen, I hired some people. I would have loved to have had you, but I, I don't have any space. I said, you know what? Can you just let me work here for free? And he looked at me. He's like, what are you, crazy? Like, come on. I'm like, <laughs> listen, I just I need to like regain my stamina. I need to regain my confidence. I need to figure out this whole thing with being in a wheelchair. And he's mm -hmm. like, okay, sure. And then like... I would say probably six months into it, you know, he was just like, listen, I want you to like be more yeah. involved. And that's how it all happened. Wow. You know, I and I wanted to go through that because and, and T knows I, I talk about this with a lot of younger kids and just uh, trying to inspire people, right. my, my peers. But you got to be willing to do stuff for free if you want to get anywhere in this exactly. life. You, oh, you have to pay 100%. your dues. And sometimes people won't pay you to pay your dues. Right, well like said. that's, that's, that's a good little quote. Like, it's the truth, that's man. That, that's off the dome too. Of course, of course. <laughs> but no, it's it's like I mean, it bugs me out. Everybody wants something for free, right? And and I think also like being willing to like you know have a mentor, and yes. listen to that mentor, and and appreciate what he or she has to say to you, and trying to help you. And I think like you know, Jean Luc, not only. Yeah, I wasn't getting paid, but there was a form of mentorship that's invaluable that of I course. still carry with me. 
And I don't think we do enough of that. Um, and that's a, that's a pity. I don't know if it's because of social media. And listen, I'm super active on social media. I don't right. keep that a secret, but I think a lot of people see, they want instant gratification. They see some people that are doing really well in the wine industry, but yeah. a lot of these individuals, they started from the bottom, you know? Exactly. I mean, Raj Parr is a great example. He started off as a busboy. It just, it just didn't come to him, you exactly. know? Exactly. And so I don't know if people forget what the in-between of what it takes. For sure, no. And people don't even realize, like, look, when you starting out in the wine industry, and the wine industry isn't like this glamorous thing where you're bringing home millions of dollars. Like, it doesn't no, work that way. No, no. This is, wine is about the, uh, the guys in the field, the growers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this is like farmers. This is just, it starts from being a farmer. That's, that's what it, yeah, so it's all about, um, it's what it's all about. And it's nature, which is bigger than all of us. Right. <laughs> it's bigger than all of us. Exactly. You know? I mean, you saw what happened in Alaska, you know, that earthquake, yeah, it's just dude. like, and you can't do anything about it, you know, and when it comes, it comes. So yeah, we have to respect nature. For that's sure. What it comes it's bigger than all of us. Yeah, for sure. Now, um, so tell me about wheeling forward, right? Yeah. So you, you, like I said, you just persevered. Um, you worked with uh, Jean-Luc and yeah. then you moved on. and For sure. So what, how Wheeling Ford came about was when I got injured, they transferred me into a unit called, um, in Mount Sinai, the rehabilitation unit, which is up on uh, 100th Street in, in Madison Avenue. My roommate is a co-founder, right. Alex Elagudin, who's also now the first chief of accessibility for the MTA. I saw so, that. Yeah, yeah. Yo, Alex, <laughs> congratulations, man. <laughs> yeah, he's crushing it. He's crying. He's doing a lot of great things. And so we were on that same unit with a lot of people that we befriended. And it was, we had everyone, all walks of life. We had one individual that got shot, another individual that was in the Staten Island Ferry that got wow. injured. Yeah, so another one that was in a car accident. He, six people, he's the only one that got injured. Uh, nothing happened to anyone else. So all these really crazy stories and we just really developed this really strong bond. However, mm-hmm. Alex and myself didn't have the same anxieties as they did. We knew that we were gonna go back home because we had some of those financial resources to make small modifications that would allow us to go back home. And they didn't. And a lot of them went back to nursing homes. Right. Um, or went to nursing homes, I should say. And then they stayed there. And when you go there, it's like jail. Mm-hmm. And then your brain becomes mush. And so we're like, what can we do to help this really underserved population? A lot of these individuals that we do help are a lot of them that don't come from um, a yeah. financial uh, well-to-do families. You know, mm-hmm. they have nothing. Yeah. And so they had nothing before their injury and they certainly have nothing now, even yeah. worse. And so that's the population that we concentrate because we want to be their second family. We had our mom and dad, we had our family that would come there. I mean, if we wanted a tuna fish sandwich at two o'clock in the morning, we could call up and someone was dropping it off. You know, yeah. they didn't have those you know resources. Mm-hmm. And we felt, I wouldn't say guilty, there's no reason to feel guilty about it, but we appreciated what we have and we want to be able to try to give that to some people that really need it here in the tri-state area. Right, right, no, I mean, I've seen it with my own two eyes, dude. And, uh, you know, you guys are doing great work. Oh, thank you. I mean, like I said, I'm I'm privileged to be able to contribute and help. But we like, appreciate it so much. And you've crushed it. Ah, no, really. I have the most fun at those auctions. Like, no offense to all of my other auction people. <laughs> I love all of you guys. But the Wine on Wheels auctions are special to thank me you. because, like, the... It's something about when people are standing right in right. front of the stage, yeah, yeah, and you yeah. kind of get their energy, right. and you're able to work off right. of that. And you know, everyone's had a, a great amount of uh, there's libations and vibrations <laughs> happening <laughs> there, you know, and great music, and yeah, it's yeah. just good energy. You always have a great crowd, and uh, as you mentioned, it's extremely diverse. Like you'll yeah. find some 
old white hair in there. Yeah, You'll right, find some. Right, you know, yeah, every sure. everything is there. Um, now, can you tell me a little bit about the Wine on Wheels event? Well, tell our listeners a yeah, little bit sure. about it. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, Wine on Wheels was started uh, eight years ago, pretty much. And our first event was at Ledoux's. And Jean-Luc was like, yeah, you know, we were, we were looking for a place. He's like, why don't you just do it here? It's a free space. It'll get you some cash flow to get you going as a nonprofit. And I said, mm-hmm. shit, yeah, that'd be great. And we had 20 psalms and we had about, I didn't know what to expect. I emailed like, you know, all my friends and, you know, for donations and like the response was immediate. It was just really like humbling to see that. And so we had about a hundred wines. And then a few years later, we started going to City Winery and Michael Dorf was the owner of City Winery. He's been an incredible supporter mm-hmm. of us. And um, we're very blessed because it's a great space. Unfortunately, they're closing and I heard but about I think that. they're, they're going to find other locations. So it'll be all we good. need that stage. Yeah, I, no, just, no, I just need to be able yeah. to touch the people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so we, now we have like up to like 250 to 300 different wines from all around the world you know and uh we have about 80 sommeliers pouring um it's just a really good mix and it's it happens on a saturday it'll be april 27 2019 from 12 to 4 and then the thursday april 25th 2019 we have our um like kind of gala dinner and it'll be at racines you know mm. with that whole crew of pascal yeah. peltier and yeah. arno and all that mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a really really fun week and it's a it's for a good cause and all, it's all the proceeds goes to this to this uh, cause, so I want people to keep that in mind. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, we'll have your Lambrusco being poured there. Yeah, yeah, we'll <laughs> be drinking some Lakata there. You know that Lakata will be in the building. Congratulations uh, on that. Uh, well, that, that's that's a, a whole segment that winemakers and the the wine world needs to pay attention. I mean, like, I mean, you've got LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, who are actually like drinking wine, who love wine, who great wine, and, too. and they know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, it's like people need to start waking yeah. up. You know, it's a very important. Uh, population that it needs to be catered to yeah and uh we i just feel like music is what rap music is popular culture now oh wine wine is also popular culture and uh when i sat back and thought about it i feel like you you watch um in uh what is this thing what's the, the the burgundy one um the Burgundy celebration. I'm oh, La Pole? La Pole, yeah, yeah. right? They have their thing, and the guys that come out and sing and do the thing. I felt like we didn't have an American wine culture. Right. Right? We needed some type of wine culture that fit the way that we live right. and fit who we are in this time. Of course. And I think that, you know, bringing wine and hip hop together does that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, events like Wine on Wheels, uh, great delicious wines like Licata. Uh right. those those do that <laughs> I'm actually you know talking about hip hop I'm, I'm hoping that I'll, I'm going to get them to perform every year as I try to do it they're, they're a hip hop group but they were they were victims of violence um, oh wow and they're called Four Wheel City um, I'll have to send you a link and yeah so uh, they're, and they're also interesting people to talk to um, they've been around what they do is they actually go around public schools mm-hmm. and talk about you know uh, gun safety and all this kind of stuff and wow. because they were in that situation but they're really wonderful people and they, they, they're good stuff and they, yeah. they did a couple of uh, projects I know one of them they did a video with uh, Snoop Dogg and all that. <laughs> it was good it was good so, yeah. Wow! So you get them to perform at the next one? I would love to. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Love, that's the idea. Yeah, for be, sure. I want to be hype man. Oh, <laughs> 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 um, we you you brought some wine here. I think yeah. it's time for us. We've, sure. we've been drinking some warm ups. Um, now, can you tell me about what what you brought? So the uh, first one that I brought is by a producer called Grobe, uh, and this is actually a family that goes back to uh, 1763 mm-hmm. in Germany. 
in the Rheinhessen, which is just south of the Rheingau, and it also touches the, the Nahal. This is 100% Riesling. It's his uh, Grobe Riesling truck in 2016. Uh, Frederick Grobe is the winemaker. One of the nicest men you'll ever meet. Mm. Uh, had such a lovely visit there. I mean, he loves music, but he's more into the classical music and all that. Right. But literally, when he talks about music, his eyes welled up. That's how emotional he gets. It's really, yeah. Mm. Uh, wow. But he, he's a really, and I, what I like about this, I'm not, I'm a big, big fanatic of like the dry reasons that are coming out. Mm. Um, still lower in alcohol, great acidity, freshness and crisp. And, uh, you know, it's, it's minerally in every sense. I think it's something that's just absolutely lovely. So I thought it would be something fun to bring over for you to taste. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Not, but, um, yeah. you know, these are both producers that I visited. And then the red over here, Domaine de Montcalmas, I visited, I want to say 2010 or 11. And this is 60% Syrah. 20% Grenache and 20% Mauvedre. And it's from the Languedoc-Roussillon. And where he's situated, he's about an hour kind of northwest from Montpellier, which is kind of like a, a big city in that kind of s southern France. Um, this is made by a producer called, his name is Frederick too, Frederick Portalier. Mm. Um, and the family traditionally was selling their grapes to cooperatives and not making their own wine. But him and his sister, uh, Muret, uh, in 1999 held on to the grapes and they started labeling their own wines wow. and I think it's an exciting time for this area and I, I love Syrah I mean, I, I'm a big I love like the black pepper and the yeah. meatiness the smokiness mm -hmm. I go crazy for it and it's got almost like this kind of Burgundian hint to it I mean you'll taste it in a few seconds but uh yeah, and I think for value, it's great. I mean, I, I, I mean, listen, we're a private club, so our private, our prices aren't the same, right? right. But I, I charge uh, sixty bucks for a bottle of this. Oh wow! You know, I think so it, yeah, yeah it's okay, yeah, okay, not nah, yeah. Great. You, you get it for about I don't know, maybe like uh, twenty bucks. Yeah, or twenty, so. thirty bucks in a in a retail store mm -hmm. or whatever, which is like great. Hell you know, yeah! You can't go wrong. No, definitely. Yeah, you can't go wrong. Wow. Okay. So uh, uh, now Yannick paired these wines with. Liquid Swords by the Jizza, yeah. one of my favorite songs of all time from one of my favorite albums of all time. I mean, I, just just hearing that song makes hearing the the name of that song yeah. makes me happy, you know. So that's a dope one. And you also picked uh, PSA yeah. by Jay Z. I mean, two great records. Uh, we're gonna listen to them both very quickly cool. just to catch the vibe. We're gonna drink this amazing wine that he brought. And uh, we're going to vibe out and see how the pairing works. Peace out. <laughs> I'm on a mission that they can say is impossible. But when I swing my swords, they are choppable. I beat the body dropper, the heartbeat stopper. Child educator plus head infotator. Because niggas styles are old like Mark 5 sneakers. Lyrics are weak like clock radio speakers. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. Oh, H to the OV. I used to move snowflakes by the OZ. I guess even back then you can call me CEO of the ROC Ho, fresh out the frying pan into the fire I be the music biz number one supplier Flyer than a piece of paper bearing my name Got the hottest chick in the game wearing my chain That's right, ho We are back, we just listened to Liquid Swords by Jizza And PSA by Jay-Z yep. We are drinking selections from Mr. Yannick Benjamin, mm. and uh, he chose today's pairing. Usually, I would pick either the wine or the song, but this gentleman is so dynamic that oh. he was able to bring in both. Where were you when you first heard Liquid Swords? Liquid Swords, I was listening to a lot because I was dating a girl that was... Uh 
five years older than I was. She was going to Boston University. Her name was, uh, well, I shouldn't say her name, but yeah. <laughs> that's not a good idea. You know who you are. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's from Babylon, New York, right? But, uh, but I, was, I was 15 and she was almost, uh, she was over 19, so four years. So, you know, at that time when you're a young boy, 15 oh, yeah. and 19, you're like, oh my God. Yeah, you think you're like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, that was a song that I would listen to regularly when I was either on the Greyhound or with my boy Omar driving up to Boston to go visit her. <laughs> and so, uh, but I also, one of my favorite songs on that album is also Shadow Boxing. Yeah. Which is like, we rain all year round from June to June, but niggas bite immediately if not soon. Set the lynching and form the execution date as this 2000 beyond slang suffocate. Amplify sample through value. Back in tubes, compressions, calls RZA, the charge niggas, 20 G's a session. Crushes yep. it. Everybody you know, kills that. Oh, the, you remember the video for that? You know what? I don't remember oh the video. That's the funny. The video was so yeah? dope. You yeah. know, it's funny. I, I, all right, well, I'll do it when I leave here. Yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, but that, that's where I vivid. That's where it, So we're talking about, gosh, I'm 95, around that time yeah. period. It was around yeah. there. So that just sounds about right, and yeah, that's what that's when I hear that I remember that time. Yeah. But I remember, you know, I used to, I was out and about too already at that time. There was this really great hip hop club down in um, Lafayette called the Honeycomb Hideout. Yeah. That was that, like <laughs> crushed it, crushed it, crushed it. You know, actually right down the block from um, that place called uh, Butter. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And um, the Richie Akiva, who owns Butter, used to throw those parties at Honeycomb Hideout. You know, and so that, it was really good times. Yannick was in these streets, y'all. Yannick was, was in these streets. I was. I was. <laughs> now, what is it about these wines that remind you about of that song? Well, definitely, like I think you know, Riesling is one of those accessible varietals. I think you were just talking about how you know Riesling was one of the first grapes you kind of fell in love with. Mm-hmm. It was your gateway to the wine world. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm here in Liquid Swords, I'm just kind of getting into a wine world myself. I mean, I started drinking wine quite young because my both of my parents are French. But Raisin was like, oh, this is mm, this, yeah. this tastes very good. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, especially like I loved orange juice, right? I right. Loved, and I'm like, oh, it, it kind of has that feel low in alcohol. Mm-hmm. And so it's also, I think sometimes we associate flavors with each other, but it's also feeling, right? And so when I hear that song, I think of my, that time period. That's when so I drink of this wine, I think about that time period of like when I got introduced to Riesling. And so it's just, they kind of, it's more of a feeling, it's more of a sensation, mm-hmm. more so than anything else. And I think that's what's beautiful about wine, right? It's the smells and the taste. And it's, it's, one of the, it's one of the few products in the world that can just automatically take you back to that place. It's like yes. a time machine. Yeah. Like, like, that's very Just like know. a song. You know, and I always say that uh, wine is an expression, just like any other right. art form. Right. Right. This is a symphony in a glass. Yeah, for sure. That's happened. Like whoever the hell is sitting there, like to to just think back and say, all right, I'm going to take this grape and I'm going to do this with it to make it taste this way, and it comes all the way from the elements that are involved in creating that grape, which give you the taste that you'll be tasting five years later and it's a symphony of history of mother nature of geology of the cultural stories of man versus vine man versus nature yeah yeah so it's all of that that's the symphony of it all like you're saying and that's what's quite interesting i I think it offers that product and what's also beautiful about it is that no wine is alike year by year unless you do of course not vintage but you know this wine will never it'll never be replicated again because mm-hmm. it's, it's a reflection of the vintage itself. Right. Now, I'm surprised that you didn't pick a Burgundy because you're, pardon yeah. me, a, a Bordeaux. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like you missed a Bordeaux a lot yeah, of times. Yeah. So what made you stray away from Bordeaux? 
That's a good question. Um, I mean, I think, listen, I'm really excited in Bordeaux. I mean, and I love, of course, you know, all the big boys on the left and the right bank, but I'm super excited by these smaller, you know, family-owned properties in Cadillac and Côte de Franc and Côte mm. de Beau and all these places and all that kind of stuff. And I don't think there was any rhyme or reason. I think that I, I brought you two wines that I'm, I'm wines that I would drink when right. I'm at home, wines that I'm excited about, mm -hmm. and these are two that I would definitely drink. Um, and you know, also Domaine de Montcalmas is a place that I think is a very special small winery. Mm -hmm that I just have a, a, an emotional attachment to that, that I drink a heck of a lot and I sell a lot of it too as well. Um, I could have brought, we could have picked the third song and maybe I would have picked Bordeaux. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I, I also thought about bringing something from the new world, you know, I don't, you mm -hmm. know, try to, I try to keep things as eclectic as possible for sure. But I mean, of course, Bordeaux has a, I mean, I love Bordeaux. It's, a, yeah. it's in my heart. Uh, Bordeaux is interesting because it's a blend and right. it's flat because Rick Ross Actually shouted out Bordeaux once. Oh, really? Like, okay. yeah, he was like, "Say a nigga name in the car start. Nigga switching lane and lane like Walmart. Sipping Bordeaux, watching Bordeaux. Has the lights flashing on the Bordeaux." Rap is really elevated, right, right, you know. Right. And uh, I know there's a ton of people out there that did not know what Rick Ross was talking about. Right. Right. That's true. Now, um, what are and for Bordeaux? Oh, is synonymous with a blend. Can you tell our listeners what the blend in Bordeaux yes, is? Yes, for sure. So a lot of people, I'll start off by saying that a lot of people, when they think Bordeaux, they just think red wine country. And they do make white wine. They do some rosé, and they make some really great sweet wines. Yep. But what's really king, the two main varietals for reds, is Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot. And it's one of the few wine regions in France that they can actually blend. So they blend up to five grapes if the producer wanted to. Right. But usually you have Cabernet Sauvignon, which will take precedent, followed by Merlot, and then Cabernet Franc. And Bordeaux is a really actually, by the way, if you've never been to the city of Bordeaux, it's a beautiful city. Mm. Um, it's very underrated. I mean, architecturally, it's just like it's right behind Paris. And I mean that sincerely. So go check it out. Yeah. But there's a river that divides it. And on the left bank is what we call it. That's where it's Cabernet Sauvignon country. It does better there. And on the right bank, this is where you have these famous villages called Pomerol and Saint-Emilion. And that's Merlot dominated. And these are wines that are more accessible. They're velvety. They're, they're easy to drink. The ones on the left bank that are Cabernet Sauvignon dominated, they're like wines that need a lot of time to age, kind mm -hmm. of like Barolos and Barbarescos. You, it's hard to appreciate them when they're young. Yeah. Now, and that, that's a, a very interesting point because I, I have so many friends that say, oh, I hate red wine. It's all bitter. Right. Right. But that's because they're not giving it enough time to Yeah, a lot of bloom. that too, for sure. Uh, can you talk about the the process that happens and how wine changes over time in the For bottle and then yeah. over time in the glass. Yeah, I, I, I try to explain to people, like definitely from a layman's perspective, that especially great wine that's supposed to age, right? And the truth is there's maybe two or 3% of the wines that are made in this world are meant to be, to like age for 10 or years or more. Right. Um, but it's, it's kind of like a pyramid. And so you have wood, you have the earth, you have you know, the fruit, and then you have the acid. The acid is the skeleton, right? That's what's gonna allow the wine to age. And you're just hoping that everything kind of comes together. Mm -hmm. You know, they're all coming together, <laughs> and you hope you catch it at that right moment. Right. Because <laughs> I, I still like the, my wine with some fruit, right? I like the cranberry, the cherries, mm -hmm. or whatever. But then you get the earth, that kind of dusty, the kind of mushroom. And, yeah. and you just hope they all kind of collide, and they make this beautiful melange, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, that's it, I just opened it at the right time. And that's ideally, but there's really no 
you know, way to predict that. You know, I mean, listen, the best ones you can ever have that are aged right. are straight from the cellar. When they're like kept in the dark, perfectly, fifty-five yeah. degrees. You know, mm-hmm. those are the best ones. Mm-hmm. That's still, but you know, when wines <laughs> move around a little bit, well, yeah. they're still good. Things but, change, but that's that's what you're hoping that it happens. I mean, I personally, I don't go crazy for white wines that you know when they, they have age to it, except for some rieslings, some Pinot Gris, um, some Chenin Blancs. But I like white wines that have freshness, that are crisp, that mm. that offer that kind of like nice, uh, gentle, like citrus fruit aroma to it. But of course, you know, there are red wines like Riojas when they age over 30 years. I mean, those Piedmontese ones, whether they're from Alto Piemonte or from the Longue, are absolutely mag- magnificent. Brunello Montalcino, Bordeaux. I mean, these wines can be really spectacular. Yeah. But, but they're an acquired taste. For sure. Right. For sure. I feel like, you know, when they open uh, and they're, they're in the glass a little bit, it just becomes so much more approachable and you can actually taste the flavors. A lot of times... When you just pop it right open and go straight to it, it's right. just so tight, and the the right. flavors are a little too close together. Right. <laughs> it's like concentrated orange juice. Yeah, yeah, like, for sure. You're not gonna drink concentrate. You don't. You gotta give your wine some air to just for become sure. what it needs to be. For sure, for sure. Um, but I wanted you to explain that because I always try to drop a jewel out there. But we, it's funny that you mentioned, when we talk about uh, Bordeaux, you mentioned the aging process. And, right. Uh, immediately, liquid swords aged perfectly. 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 <laughs> it's, it's still hot. It's still amazing. It's still, it's still great, man. You can man. listen to it now and you just feel that energy to it. Absolutely. Yeah, Everything sure. was dope about it. But Jizza, and they call him the genius, but he's legit a genius. He's like a scientist. Did you know about this? No, I didn't know about this. Dude, no, you really? gotta watch some of this. So there's like YouTubes with Jizza okay. and Neil deGrasse Tyson. There is oh really? Jizza giving. Uh, you know he's a wine dude, right? Yeah, I know he's a big wine dude. Yeah, yeah. so he comes to like La Polée and all that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah he's, he gets he's it in, <laughs> and he, he's a Bronx boy. Yeah, What's yeah, yeah. Science. I mean, it's a exactly. He got yeah. BX sure. in the building. Shout yeah, yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, no, he's a scientist, and he like gave TED talks. Where he was talking. Really? Yeah. He's a really, really smart dude. It's on some other shit. Last year, I teamed up with Dr. Chris Emden. from Yeah. From Columbia <laughs> University Teachers College. He is a professor of science education. We realized that we shared the enthusiasm of science education and decided to form a program called Science Genius, which engages public high school students in science, but using hip hop. When we first started the program, I was asked, well, what is the power behind hip hop? Or what is the power behind using hip hop as an art form to educate the listeners about scientific topics? Well, simply put, I'm not a science teacher. You see, I go into the schools or the classrooms as a musician or an artist, and I provide a model for students to communicate the information which they've learned from their science teachers as recitation to one another in rhyme ciphers. This is a great way of educating the youth through music. You see, hip hop not only is the voice of the youth, but we are taught as children in rhyme fashion way before we even listen to hip hop. You know, the first rhyme I ever learned was the alphabets, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. 
H-I-K-K-L-M-N-O-P. It's all rap. If you think about it. But he was meant he talked about how science had always interested him. This guy had like a 10 minute conversation about sound. And he talked about the way that hip hop is a vessel right. to this community. You got to watch the Neil deGrasse Tyson will, thing. It's, it. it's, it's amazing. Check it out. Your second song was Jay-Z's PSA. Yeah. What is it about PSA that connected you to out of Well, first one? off, that's my entrance song. When I come out, I that's say, right. Tell that's, right. that's, that's the entrance song. <laughs> <laughs> that's my entrance song. It goes down. It goes down there. Y'all got to check check his social media. Yeah, He'll yeah. give you that in a second. If you scroll down far enough, you'll see how it goes down when PSA comes yeah. up. <laughs> and, I, I, and, you know, this goes back, right, to, I hate to say this, but there have been wines that I've tasted that are, have been absolutely delicious. But the people behind the label aren't as delicious as the wine. They're not very nice. Mm -hmm. okay? <laughs> and so then the wine really tastes bitter, right? Mm -hmm. So in this case too, you know, I mean, and I've had wines where they're they're okay, but they're they're really trying. They're trying their best, and you want to see them succeed, and you 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 really make that effort as an because all I am is basically an ambassador, right? I'm just kind of a I'm a mediator of the producer to the guest, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I think. Why I'm saying all of this is because Jay-Z, I think, you know, Sean Carter, the, the man behind the music, I mean, I really respect. And I, when you had invited me on the show, I just watched the interview that he did on Netflix with David Letterman. Oh, yeah. And it was one-on-one. -on -one. I don't know if you saw it, mm -hmm. but it is unbelievable. It's really a great, great yeah. interview. And, and he's a man that I really respect, you know, when you think about, like, you know, coming from the Marcy Projects out in Brooklyn, you know. When the projects really yeah. weren't, you know, I mean, when they weren't playing tennis, when in, they weren't in playing the tennis, projects. I really walked past Marcy, and there were guys. Uh, my son <laughs> went to school uh, pretty close by. I was walking past Marcy Projects. I swear to God, I was I walking past it. Marcy Projects at like. 7:45, right? And it was two white dudes in the park yeah, playing I tennis. It, I <laughs> that, yeah, that's, cough up a lung where I, I'm from. <laughs> play some tennis, son. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, <laughs> well, he loves wine too, actually. Yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's a wine lover. Yeah, he so, is. Um, so I think it's it's also a matter of paying homage to a man that you know, fellow New Yorker, a guy that came from nothing, had his struggles. And still made something out of himself. Never made those excuses and succeeded. And mm -hmm. I think PSA yeah. kind of like represents <laughs> embodies that. And I think it embodies who I am. You know, went from I was doing well, mm -hmm. lost everything, and then you come back. You know what I mean? I mean, I remember, like I said, during my accident. I mean, I didn't have a pot to piss for a little while, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, what I was eating, I mean, I put on ten pounds because I was eating at the dollar menu for McDonald's <laughs> because I was trying to save money. That's what you were doing, right? And you know. It was crazy. So, but people, if you want it, you figure it out, and it, it's hard. But who wants an easy life? Like, what's the purpose of that? Like, it's it's good to have a sense of anxiety, right? It's good to have your back up against the wall. It's good to kind of be challenged. I mean, mm -hmm. who wants like this kind? I mean, I have friends that are my age. I'm 41. That are already thinking about retirement. I said, retirement? What are you, oh yeah. For, for what? <laughs> like, why? And do what? And and then your brain shuts down, right? I mean, it's no longer because the brain's a muscle, and you've got to keep that stimulation. That's what I mean. You've got to have a sense of purpose in life. It's just it's just so important. Right. Whatever it is that you do, whether it's like you know you're polishing shoes and you want to be the best guy to polish shoes. That's a purpose of life. That's that's fine. But when I see people that are walking around these streets, just kind of like, oh, whatever. Just you know, I, I can't accept that. Mm -hmm. I can't accept that. 
this guy's a hard worker, ladies and gentlemen. I told y'all, he was a great human being. <laughs> no, uh, this is great because everybody loves wine and music, right? right so of course. everybody's making pairings, and there's always a different criteria. The criteria that I use is, uh, and you know, I'm always trying to show people through repetition how to taste wine. Right. So I always look at the color, the nose, the taste, and then the finish. And that's how I I pick my pairing. So when you pick these songs, to me, they were like so similar. I was trying to find the wine quick enough and I couldn't. (laughs) But I'll tell you my notes that I was thinking about. Uh, I wanted to pick a Cabernet, right? Some type of big cab. Right. Something with a smoky nose. Yeah, yeah. Very dark. Yeah. And uh, flavorful. Yeah. Right? Something that would chill and change over time. Sure. Now, when you listen to the beginning of Liquid Swords, also PSA, they both have this airy tone in the airy beginning tone. It's very yeah, right? common it's, denominator yeah exactly yeah, like in, sure. in liquid swords it starts with that cool little intro yeah, with right. the girl talking yeah, yeah, about yeah, her yeah. dad and the yeah, shogun yeah, 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 and exactly exactly shit's great but then also psa is the slow piano exactly, and jay-z right. it just gives and, you like a little yeah. yeah but then it comes in big boom you got those exactly. guitars on liquid yep. swords and you have well the said. everything yeah, yeah. <laughs> in yeah. psa but the color is the uh, the first thing that you know about it without sure. um, so the title you yep. got liquid swords you got PSA and so the I, I compare the title to the color the smell is what what I'd compare to the first thirty seconds 30 to seconds. one minute got of you. the song and that's why you know the smokiness of the Syrah is great right. for sure. what I was thinking sure. about I wanted something sure. a little bit smoky sure. but then. As far as the context of the song, I needed something that was going to last over time and build. These aren't songs you play in the club. These aren't songs that you're supposed to, like, get dressed for a party to. No, no, no. This is something that you sit back and, and, like, really take in. Not that they're spitting some change the world lyrics. Right. But this is back to what we were talking about earlier in era when uh, people were just trying to be the best rapper. Right. You know, and I think, I mean, Jay-Z still does that. That's This right. PSA isn't, to me, not that long ago, but to a bunch of you young bucks, yeah. this is old school music to y'all. <laughs> <laughs> the PSA yeah. is old, on the old school yeah, yeah. At, at noon now. Like, yeah, no, I don't no. even know how that's happening. Yeah, no, it's true. But it's true. <laughs> crazy, right? It, it is true. <laughs> but Jizza, you know, he was just trying to be a great rap. What did he say? He said, um... Give me a line from from Liquid Swords, man. Uh, but Jizza was just trying to be the best rapper right. possible, and that was what that era was all about. I think um, he achieved that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then, you know, where uh, where you want to be enjoying it? Yeah. Like this is shit. This is conversational. This is house party stuff. This is me hanging out with T in my crib. And talking like watching the game or something right. like that's this so is about, that yeah, type of one. Yeah. So without even thinking about it, I feel like we picked a great pairing. Oh, well, good! I'm glad it all worked. You out. know, I'm gonna go with this guy right here. Now, how do you pronounce this? You would you domaine were, de Montcalmas. All right, Mont 
Montcalmassia. Montcalmassia. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's like being very quiet. Montcalmassia. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm check, I'm yeah. figuring it out yeah, in yeah. my head. No, this, but this worked, man. I, I'm, I'm cool with the pairing. I like it. Yeah. I hope that uh, everyone at home goes home and, and uh, goes out to their, their stores and check it out. Try. Do you know any stores that carry us that you can tell? Uh, definitely the Grobe and the Montcalmassia. Um, it's down in the West Village at Ledoux. Okay. Um, think Crush um, also has it up on 57th Street, mm-hmm. um, the Montcalmas. And yeah. um, Grobe is, uh, is, is uh, oh, also in um, Acre. They're at Acre, too. So, you know, I yeah. mean, I'm sure, you know, you can go online. And then awesome. there's probably other places that I'm not aware of. So And guys, just check in the show notes. We'll have the exact spelling and maybe even include some links on where to buy. You know, we'll see. But <laughs> we're just trying to spread the love, man. Why and hip-hop? Yannick, thank you so much. Where do people find you? How do we find you? Um, the best website to go is wineonwheels.org, uh, W-I-N-E-O-N-W-H-E-E-L-S.org. Go on that website and you'll find out all the wine events that we're doing um, to help um, underprivileged individuals in the disabled community. And if you want to get involved, you want to volunteer, you feel like you're not doing enough in your life and you want to do some social good, I have plenty of work for you to do. So come contact me. <laughs> he does not play, y'all. I'll tell y'all right now. Y'all don't play. And social media? Social media at Yannick Benjamin, uh, Y-A-N-N-I-C-K, Benjamin, B-E-N-J-A-M-I-N. It's the same for Twitter, Instagram, yeah. Facebook, whatever. He's all over. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you for your time. It's an honor to have you oh, here. It's an honor to be here. That's Wine and Hip Hop. Peace. This concludes another moment in Wine and Hip Hop.